It is eight minutes after the hour. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Garson is in and brought with him a survival kit, I guess I'd call that. Yes, indeed. From Graf's. Do you have more than just one? No, this is the only one we have. No, this is the only one. How do I know these things? He never brings in something that's got like, well, we've got four Uh, of these in stock. It it will be back at the shop today, though. Today? Today. Wow. I got a lot lot of work to catch up on. Dale Roberts uh, on board with the CPOA. Good morning. Good morning. And the fact that he brought a survival kit made me think it's going to be a long morning. (laughs) (laughs) Let's Garson know that we don't. It's just a two-hour tour. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Famous last words. Said Gilligan. All right. Um, it's, a, it's a neat kit. We'll tell you what all uh, comes in that. Uh, anything uh, exciting happen over the week that uh, you guys want to chat about? Because otherwise, uh, I'm going to go into a, a discussion I had on yesterday's program. I'm just on the edge of my seat to see what's going to play out at Area 51. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the invasion. Yeah. Yeah. A million people are supposed to show see up. See them aliens. <laughs> our yeah. big our big news we we had member meetings with the police officers and they voted unanimously to ratify the new contract with the city the officers are happy morale is up we're delighted that we're keeping john glasscock and life is good so you got the word we are keeping uh, oh, uh, yeah i know about glasscock yes. i'm sorry oh uh, the chief is what Jeff, I'm the, the chief is the next step and our officers are adamantly, you know, solidly in his corner. I mean, they want to keep him, so we'll see how that goes. Anybody talk to him and say this is how all the police officers feel? Or? He knows it. I, he knows it. I, yeah, he definitely knows it. It's it's whether the city thinks it's necessary to do a national search or, you know, not. As one of, someone in the media said this past week, you know, they did a national search and found the city manager on the second floor. Now, when they do that national search, how much of that is dedicated to um, art? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know why we did a national search. Uh, Really, I I don't understand why we had to hire an outside firm. Uh, And then when they got through searching through the resumes of 300 million potential people, they boiled it down to a guy who had been fired three times and sued his past employer. Like, of all the people that's, you know, come on. Yep. Uh, so I think it's a waste of time. Look, he's uh, he's the acting chief. He uh, apparently wants to be the chief. He's worked wonders for morale. Uh, he's doing a terrific job. Well-respected what in else? the community. Yeah. What else do you need? Exactly. He's, just leave it alone. Let it go. Yep. But I've taken us off the topic of guns. Well, actually... Law enforcement carry guns. Well, that's so true. We can make that connection. <laughs> okay. Might be a stretch, but right. we can pull that off. We're there. There is a, uh, a story, speaking of police, there's a story that uh, uh, we came across about a police officer who, in another city, uh, was shooting a dog, accidentally shot some kid in the leg, and it was a terrible story. Um, and I didn't want to talk about the story itself on the air. Uh, and, I, and, I, and here's the, I had a disagreement with some listeners on this and some people on this, but law enforcement, and I don't, maybe you have, do you have any idea how many uh, lo, local law enforcement officers there are in the country? Oh, it's Gotta no. be. I've seen the numbers. Gotta be uh, in the hundreds of thousands, right, if not a million. Right, right. No. And every day, they do these heroic things. And and I'm and I'm gonna tell you right now, even if they just go in and clear a building, your your burglar alarm went off at home, and they go to your house, 
that's a tough job and it's a scary job uh, and they go in. But there are countless cases of them uh, pulling people out of burning cars and doing all kinds of incredibly dangerous things. And it doesn't get a lot of coverage. But every time a police officer does something wrong, and let's all admit it, there are bad cops just like there are bad everything else. Somewhere along the line you'll run into it gets big coverage. Oh, yes. Everybody wants to talk about it. So I tend to stay away from those stories. And, and I stay away from them because I think, you know, let that city, uh, wherever that hand happened, let them handle it. But I don't want to add to this picture uh, uh, that that's being painted with one broad brush that all the cops are bad. Good point. Uh, so, you know, let the other guys handle it if they want to talk about it. I, I just don't. Now, if something happens in Columbia, and I think they're wrong, I guess you and I will butt heads, but... Fair enough. But I'll, you know, I'll come out and talk about that. Uh, but the rest of the stories, just... Oh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And it's it's probably the same in an awful lot of... And, you know, it's the same with guns. You know, if there's... if if a if someone uses a gun improperly, it's headline news. Right. We, and we, we all know, you know, people use guns properly hundreds of thousands of times, and it never gets discussed. Someone uses a firearm to save their family from harm, and it's not going to be discussed in the news. Yeah, so um, I choose to take the other route. That's, that's just my, my personal choice. It's the appropriate thing to do. Um. Police say that a man fatally shot um, during a holdup is out of Phoenix, the latest on a homicide at the Phoenix uh, convenience store. Uh, Phoenix police say a 19-year-old man fatally shot a knife-wielding robber attempting to steal his car at a gas pump outside a convenience store early Wednesday morning. Uh, Sergeant Lewis said the victims told police that he retrieved his handgun shot the robber after the robber displayed the knife and demanded the victim's vehicle. Now, as soon as uh, the bad guy brandishes a weapon, you're free to brandish yours. Yes. If, however, he, um, he's got your car keys and he's jumped in your car and driving, you know, he's going to drive away, you can't do anything at that point, can you? Right. What, you're not supposed to shoot a flea. What felon. state are you in? A shock what? if this happens to me. It, the particular situation Gary's talking about, I think, it was Arizona. Arizona, yeah. okay, but, so but, not Texas, because in Texas you can fire away, <laughs> shoot anybody, anytime, anywhere, just about. Uh, yeah, uh, law enforcement officers may lawfully shoot a fleeing felon uh, or a fleeing suspect under very limited circumstances. Two circumstances, if I'm not mistaken. The, the, One is that if they're going for cover to shoot back at you, right, or if they present a danger. To others. To that, others. That yeah, they're, if they're, if they're yeah. on their way to go commit more crime. But that doesn't work for civilians. Yeah. It's a no-no. So, uh, if they steal your car, call the insurance company. Exactly. Don't shoot them. Bad idea. But obviously, someone approaching you with a knife or something. that changes the whole story. Is a threat. And what a lot of people don't realize is... So, uh, is this kid charged yet or not? No, no, no. Okay. He's, he's so he was, in, he was cleared of... He was clear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Phoenix police were investigating a homicide at a convenience market. Uh, they're not yet saying what happened uh, and who was involved. It appears that this guy uh, came at him at knife point to steal his car, and he responded with a gun. Brought Good deal. 
What is that uh, line uh, from uh, Sean Connery? You, oh, he brought you, a knife, you brought to a gun knife for a gunfight. Right. He did indeed. Um, so I don't. Uh, I think Tim Oliver told me it takes them to run 20, the, 21, 21 feet. The rule is the minimum distance. The rule is someone who is 21 feet away can be on you, I think, in two seconds. I mean, it's it, someone who is. 21 feet away with a knife is an immediate threat. Yeah, that, that's the red zone. And actually, because more and more, the FBI is starting to say, well, actually, it's 30 feet, that someone can cover 30 feet before you can react. That's a, that's a real threat. That's so, a real danger. Yeah, and so people see some interaction and they go, well, he well, was way over there. And it's like, yeah, but way over there can be right here in two seconds. And I'm not... I'm yeah. not taking a chance that I can draw and shoot that fast. Well, first you have to recognize the threat. Right. And then make the decision to draw. And so I've, I've watched videos on this before where they'll start somebody 21 feet away with a knife and have them run towards somebody and have them draw. And it's it's very close tie. And, you know, I've uh, talking with Tim, sometimes I'd almost say it was better to, you know, get your own knife out. Um, instead of the gun, just because at that distance you may not be able to, you know, manipulate the gun into a place where you can actually get a shot on target um, safely. It's interesting how your brain takes that fraction of a second to realize what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and that's... Well, the, it, 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 has that ever happened to you while you're driving a car? I was just Something happens say, and... That's what they teach you in driver's ed is the two-second rule that, you know... You, the car in front of you, when it passes a stationary object, you should be able to count two full seconds before you reach that object. At minimum. At minimum. And if and it's less than that, you're, and, uh, you're, that's it. you can't react fast enough to stop. Um, 40 miles an hour? I don't remember. I've never gone for I know. I know, yeah, for you know, these are all wonderful uh, suggestions on the part of the highway department. But if you've ever driven through downtown Washington, D.C., well, Cleveland, even Columbia... Uh, get oh, on sure. 70 at rush hour. You have, uh, uh, you try to maintain a two-car length. People are going to cut in front. Yeah. yeah. The entire state of Kansas is going to pull in front of you. <laughs> yeah, that that rule is, is supposed to be the rule, you know, if you're driving at a steady speed and, you know, people aren't cutting. But obviously in stop-and-go traffic and uh, congested, you know, rush hour traffic doesn't work. Just doesn't. <laughs> just doesn't. And there's so many idiots. I was uh, just today... Uh, I followed a guy that was con consistently doing between five and eight miles an hour under the speed limit. Does uh, that frost your buns or yes, what? Yes, yes, it does. It's like, one of the most annoying. The worst thing is when they like beat an orange light to get out in front of you. Oh, to do that, so they they just you know ran a red light basically to get in front of you to drive five miles under the speed limit. Those people need to die a slow death in a Mexican <laughs> prison. <laughs> oh. I've always said we should be allowed to have hood-mounted hood pink guns. Yes. So we can mark the offenders so yes. that everybody else can be on notice. Red, yellow, and green. <laughs> Red was, when they're horrible. I was thinking more, you yeah. know, giant train cattle guard <laughs> and just, you know, maintain my velocity. You need the right vehicle, maybe a howitzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red, yellow, and green. But, it, you know, with my commute to Mexico every day, I'm so sick of stupid drivers. I just put my cruise control at 70 and let them go past me. I don't even, I just make sure to give myself plenty of time to get up there yep. 
and and just stay away from all the idiots. It's the people who go under the speed limit that really frost my buns, especially when they you know they'll never give you enough room to pass. Maybe there's a whole string of cars in the oh, right that's, lane. That's the worst when you start to pass somebody and then they decide, oh, I guess I wasn't going fast enough and speed up. Yeah, yeah, those people should die too. <laughs> <laughs> so there'd be like two or three people left on the road. You, me, and a couple. And I'm not even sure about you, really. I was just getting ready to say the same thing about you. <laughs> yeah, well, you're too I've late. S- I've seen you launch that thing. <laughs> yeah, so you know I'm not going to be slowing down. I'm not well, going to be slowing you up. I don't, well, if you were younger, I guess you'd be the kind of kid that caused all kinds of problems. Ah, surely <laughs> not. Actually, I will tell you a story. Maybe I'll... You're the only person I know that's dumped a transmission on a road somewhere. Oh, I did the torsion arm. Ripping it off the... Yeah, <laughs> I did. All right. Uh, Gary on guns. We got. We actually have some stories about guns too. We'll talk about that next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. Twenty five minutes after the hour, and uh, Garson is in from Graphs. Graphs dot com. Incredible store. Everything and anything that you could possibly want. And while they do specialize in uh, reloading supplies, because you guys have the machinery, the equipment, you got the shells, you got the bullets, you got the, the ammo, parts. the primer, everything else. You also have guns new and used. You've got rifles, shotguns, archery. Uh, it's like targets. I, I can't think of anything you guys don't carry. And uh, great people behind the counter. Yep, definitely. So uh, it's worth the ride to uh, Mexico, Missouri. And uh, if you do a lot of shooting, reloading is the way to go. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they're very supportive of the law enforcement community. They support our handgun match every year, and we appreciate it. And if you uh, if you're looking to get some uh, like uh, name around twenty two TCM, um, they <laughs> what 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 you, 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 it's coming it's, it's coming it's, coming. it's on order it's okay went out and bought this thing because of him you know well I'm just glad he doesn't know why we don't have any ammo <laughs> oh I actually had to buy it off of him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just teasing him. All right, just busting his you-know-whats. Anyway, um, not one of the Democrats running for president, seeking the nomination, is pro- Has a high school diploma? Is pro-gun. Every single one of them is anti-Second Amendment. This is my shocked face. And Camilla Harris, yes, I see no difference. Uh, and Camilla Harris wants to use executive action. So this tells me not only are they wrong in the Second Amendment, but she doesn't understand the Constitution and the rules that she as president would be expected to uphold. Right. You can't use executive orders. It's frightening to think of some of the things they think they can do or they say that they will do. Well, they started using Just executive orders like candy the last, you know... Ten two, years or so? Yeah. It's a little scary that... Uh, they are so, so anti-gun and uh, so... The, the ends justify the means. You know, funny you should mention that. It, it, there was a, uh, in, the, in the election before last, when Mitt Romney was running, Harry Reid got on the floor of the Senate and said that he had heard about uh, Romney's taxes, that he hadn't paid them, and he came with all this whole ugly story about Mitt Romney. And he was interviewed a couple of years later, and... Uh, Clearly, he had lied. And the interviewer said, uh, do you feel, you know, are you ashamed that you said that? And I swear to you, he looked right at the camera and said, it worked, didn't it? Oh, 
Isn't that yeah, despicable? That's just great. Isn't that? I mean, that is that is the uh, mentality that you just described. Yeah. The ends justify the means. It worked, didn't it? If, if the Democrats, I don't want to get into the weekday show here, but <laughs> but seriously, the Democrats should play that, con or the Republicans should play that constantly on the air. That should be what they play every election. Aren't yes. you embarrassed or aren't you ashamed that you lied? It worked, didn't it? I mean, that's... So that's like page one of their uh, playbook there? Yeah, and it is. It's an ugly business. <sighs> anyway, um, Camilla Harris thinks she can use executive action, and she is decidedly anti-gun. So if anything, this, this should motivate Second Amendment supporters to go out and vote, to not take any chances. Uh, and I don't care for whom they vote. I just care for whom they don't vote. Please don't vote for Camilla Harris. Please don't vote for Joe Biden. What was Biden's deal? Fire the shotgun out the back window or something? Right. How stupid That's is that? Solution to everything, sure. Yeah. I just told my wife to just fire the shotgun. No, 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 no. Uh, I, personally, I would tell my wife, save that round in case you need it to defend yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. Some other's kids. Levi Strauss is apparently, and we talked about Levi Strauss, I think, last week on the program. Uh, but they were um, uh, just solidly anti-gun. And apparently uh, their customers are not happy with, a lot of their customers are not happy with that position. Ah. And uh, on September 4th, uh, 2018, Breitbart News reported that Levi Strauss was launching their million-dollar gun control campaign. Uh, this entailed teaming up with Michael Bloomberg-funded gun control every town for gun safety, going so far as to provide genes for actors who appeared in every town PSAs. Free Enterprise Project's David Almasi approached Levi executives with polling data that showed that customers tended to shop elsewhere following the company's adoption of gun control. So literally, with a fiduciary responsibility to shareholders to keep the, the company profitable, they have taken up a position and are holding dearly to it that hurts the bottom line. Yes. It, 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 doesn't that say something about their thinking? Well, or their lock, lack of it? I was going to say lack of it, yeah. Yeah. Oregon Initiative filed to restrict self-defense. Details coming up. Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, it's 35 minutes after the hour. Gary on Guns, glad to have you with us. Carson is in from Grafts. They're in Mexico, Missouri. Well worth the ride, I'm telling you. Uh, also, uh, we have uh, on board uh, Dale Roberts, the uh, CPOA, and uh, we're talking about in Oregon, they they keep trying to pass uh, more and more gun control. And I don't know, either one of you guys ever been to Portland? I have not. I was there for seminar, flew in, did the seminar, and left again. That was about my exposure. I spoke at their city club. I have never been. I, but you might as well have, uh, you know, dropped me in the middle of... Uh, uh, Cuba somewhere. I mean, this the, you oh, couldn't get. They had good black beans. Way to the left of uh, yeah. just about anybody you could think of. Anyway, they've got this initiative petition uh, at number 40 that would require all firearms to be locked with a trigger locking device or kept in a locked container unless carried by the possessor of a firearm with each firearm cons uh, constituting a separate violation. Anyone who has their firearms lost or stolen would be strictly liable for any injury to persons or property committed using the firearm within four years if the firearms 
were not stored in compliance with the law. Firearms owner would also be held liable for any injury occurring within four years that results from a firearm transferred to another individual if the firearm was not transferred in a locked container or with a locking device. I saw that, and it just blatantly goes against what the U.S. Supreme Court decided in Heller versus D.C. in 2000, what was that, seven, I think, or more or less. I mean, that, that was the whole Heller case was that the District of Columbia said, you can have a weapon in your home, but it must be locked and unloaded. And when they were debating that, one of the, you know, they were the, the attorney for D.C., uh, but well, it didn't matter what his name was, was saying, you know, well, you know, if there, somebody breaks in, you just unlock it and load it. You, you, it's not hard. And you could hear, if you listen to the oral argument, one of the justices, and they're all older than I am, said, yeah, you hear noises. First, you got to fumble around and find the, the switch for the light. Then you got to fumble around and find your reading glasses. And by then, <clears> the <throat> other justices are starting to chuckle and laugh. Then you got to figure out the combination lock on your gun. And and by then they were all laughing, and that destroyed you know the, the argument. argument absolutely right in front of them. And the U.S. Supreme Court said you can't do that. You can't require that. Well, they're trying in Oregon, uh, but there are some devices that are not necessarily a bad idea. Now, the, my uh, my concealed carry, I I just put it right on my nightstand. I keep it with me yep. all the time. I don't have any children that I have to worry about. I've got an alarm system on the house. I've Rocco doesn't have opposable thumbs. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty good with this. Uh, but there are some devices that you can get, you can anchor to your uh, uh, nightstand or your bed uh, that don't require quite as much thought to unlock. Mm -hmm. You can have your firearm in that little mini gun safe and have it loaded and ready for an emergency. Uh, but all you have to do is put your fingers on this, uh, you know, those three-finger yep. pads and in the right order. and Those and are the biometric ones. Yeah. Yep. Now, there are some vulnerabilities to those. Mm -hmm. um, if you know what you're doing, you can still break into them. But you got to know what you're doing. And for the most part, it seems like a not-too-bad idea if you've got kids in the house. Well, mo most small safes like that are pretty easily defeated with, you know, an appropriate tool. Yeah, but if you've got it's kids... Just to keep, it's just to keep curious people away from them is basically sure. all that's for. But that's better than if you've got kids, you just don't want to leave it sitting on yeah, the nightstand. That's, exactly. That's a terrible idea. Absolutely. One of the things that uh, the Columbia schools could be doing but aren't doing um, is uh, doing the Eddie Eagle program with kids that are going to those schools. You would think, especially uh, in the public schools, you'd want to teach the uh, Eddie Eagle program. You'd want those kids, especially in the inner cities, to know not to pick that gun up, to call an adult, not to touch it. Uh, but we don't. No, we don't teach that. It's it's an option which they are free to ignore, and sadly, they do that here. Yeah, well, they'll they'll talk to you about transgender studies, but <laughs> yes, yes, a life saving class like the Eddie Eagle program. Well, <laughs> if we don't want to do that, it's too which, controversial. Which teaches nothing more than kids: if you see a gun, stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. It just drills that in your brain over and over again. I can remember it; even I can remember it. Um, yeah, we wouldn't want kids to, you know, know that if they see a gun, they should stop, not, you know, not touch it, leave, leave the area and tell an adult. <laughs> I'm always, every time I think about that, the, the Eddie Eagle program's message, 
I think about that gun commercial. I think Bloomberg's group ran where the kid finds a gun or knows there's a gun in the house. And the and this stupid commercial says, get the gun, put it in a bag, and take it to school and give oh. it to... Do you remember that? No, yeah, I've take, heard take about it. I never school. saw Thanks. it. Yeah, that's take, so it take your parents' gun to school and turn it in is the message. It's right? like, yeah, it is like the sure. stupidest yeah. message I have ever heard. Yeah, tell young kids to take a gun, probably loaded, to school. Yeah. How, how's that going to turn out? Yeah, but don't teach Eddie Eagle. Right. No, no. Right. What, why, um, why do you think the anti-gun people continue to have the successes they do? Well, you know, one part of it is if you, you know, the saying, if you tell a lie often enough, people believe it. And they just keep, they have a lot of money and they keep drilling that message and hammering that message over and over again. And I think we've had the conversation in the past. There's, there doesn't seem to be someone who has that amount of money on the side of protecting well, your gun owners of America rights. and NRA do a, 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 I think a reasonably good job of, of doing this but if you have the cognitive skills of a squirrel you can <laughs> yeah. look at their argument and see that it doesn't hold water and, and and so I wonder how it is that people don't in greater numbers see through it do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Remember, we just talked about this uh, this commercial that they were running with the kid taking the gun to school. There was another one that that uh, they were so proud of at first, uh, where the the woman is uh, trying to keep her ex from breaking into the house and taking the baby, and he's got a gun and she gets killed. And in, within seconds of seeing that, anybody who knew anything about guns knew that if she was armed, he'd be dead. Yes. Uh, it just. Or at least wised up and run off. Yeah. I was so, yeah. If he even decided to go there when he knew there was someone there who yeah. could defend himself. So I wonder how it is that they get the following, uh, the followers that they've got. It's, it's sad and it's unimaginable. But at the same time, I think that same quantity of people believe everyone should have free college tuition and unlimited free health care and welcome all the foreigners in without any background checks and you know unencumbered by the thought process well, that's about i mean you, you've heard about the tide pod challenge right <laughs> so i mean yeah. yeah yeah the tide pod challenge yeah. or, or this ice cream uh licking thing they're doing now isn't that bizarre that, yeah, that is really, really good. Somebody did it with a bottle of mouthwash, opened a bottle of mouthwash, mouthwash, took a swig, swirled it around, spit it back in, put it back on the shelf. These people are it's sick. Disgusting, yeah. How did, how did people survive in the 30s and 40s without... Well, who even thinks up this stuff? I mean, that's ridiculous. I Yeah. Absolute insanity. Sign of a sick mind. Uh, 874-9390, the toll-free number is 800-529-5572. 44 minutes after the hour. Uh, let's see, we got a call on the NRA's uh, SHIELD program. And that is uh, Arch, Archie, Archie, Arch, what is it, Arch? Arch, A-R-T. Hey, how are you, Arch? Very good. Uh, Long-time listener, uh, morning drive uh, favorite for Saturdays. Beautiful. What are you doing uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to noon? I'm just checking to see if you're listening. 
<laughs> if you're listening uh, to I'm usually, but... I'm in a office usually, but I'm usually on the range because I do firearms full time. Beautiful. Where at? Uh, I'm in South Dakota. Holy moly. All right. Oh, wow. Well, what can we do for you? Well, maybe your listeners would be interested in the NRA School Shield Program. It is uh, something the NRA is currently doing. Uh, the NRA will send uh, a team of instructors in and teach local law enforcement how to do a vulnerability assessment of a school in their area. And this is at uh, no cost. Well, let me ask the uh, Columbia Police Officers Association uh, representative here, Dale, have you heard of this? I have not heard of that. I know the officers here, and we're, we're fortunate. We have a pretty big department and good resources, and our officers do that sort of work already. But, you know, for a, commu for a smaller community, and I'm not picking on anybody, but Ashland, Hallsville, Centralia, Mexico, uh, you know, Fulton, some of the smaller communities probably don't have the resources that Columbia does, and for them, that'd be a great asset to call upon. What's it called again, Art? NRA School Shield Program. Well, um, uh, they have a website. They have information. And a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the School Shield Program also gives out grant money to improve school security. Awesome. Wow. That is impressive. Art, I am deeply appreciative that you called. Thank you. I'm glad I did. All right. talking to you. Call back anytime. Glad to have you on the Gary on Gun Show. Thank but you. I, I, what? I didn't know they did that. What a terrific plan. Yeah, I'm looking at the webpage now. It's pretty cool. All right. We'll be back with more Gary on Guns on 93.9 The Eagle. It is 52 minutes after the hour. Dale Roberts in from the CPOA, and I'm pleased to tell you that Garson is in from Graffs. They are in Mexico, Missouri. Worth a short ride, I'm telling you. Uh, gun dealers here buy a lot of supplies. From graphs, uh, apparently in uh, in New Jersey, uh, they're trying to force. Well, they're not trying to. They've written legislation to force uh, gun dealers, every gun retailer, to sell at least one smart gun. Um, I'll leave this to Garson to explain what a what a smart gun is, and and tell me how many. Of <laughs> how many they carry out there at graphs? So I'm assuming by smart gun you're referring to. Uh, a firearm that has some kind of yep. locker mechanism to prevent an unauthorized user from even manipulating it. Correct. Um, yeah, those don't exist. Um, and all the ones that have exist were too easily defeated by um, a magnet or um, or they just never got them to market because they couldn't make them work. Under this uh, new law, which takes effect immediately, gun dealers will be forced to stock and offer at least one model of a smart gun after a commission is set up in six months to develop a list of approved weapons. <laughs> the law still isn't as bad as it might be, says uh, the folks over at Hot Air. Yet, uh, it only says the guns have to be available for purchase, but it clearly paves the way for later legislation demanding that only smart guns be sold or owned in the See, state. you know, we need smart shooters, not smart guns. That's that's the problem here. Uh, I don't even know that you have to be terribly smart. You just have to be law-abiding. Right, but I would consider that a smart person because there's a lot of people walking around that, 
you know, don't know the laws of the land and spout off like they do all the time. What are some of the things that we've seen? We've seen one where uh, there's something in the ring. Yeah, uh, that's to, the magnet. There was a the magnet mag in the ring, and the magnet uh, you grab. Manip manipulated a lock on the inside of the grip, and it, it they failed and jammed up. Um, I remember an instance where a cop was shot because he couldn't shoot his gun because the mechanism that was disabling the gun failed and didn't unlock. But then uh, people that didn't have the ring were able to just stick a magnet on the grip and use the gun as intended. So is there an electronic uh, version of this? You know how you have, uh, like on your smartphone, you can put your thumb on the... Uh, Biometric, yeah. Thumb yeah uh, or eyes. James Bond had one. Uh, that's the only one I'm that's aware of. That's the only one you're aware of? Yeah. Uh, uh, the Timothy Dalton James Bond had one? Yeah. And that's the problem. This is not the first legislator, legislature to require something that doesn't exist or that can't be done. I mean, the, you know... How about the micro-stamping? I was just like going to say, the stamping of, of ammunition, I think, in the, in the state of California... Um, and it's like that that either doesn't exist or just doesn't work. It's been tried. The FBI has said, yeah, so much for that. Well, it works if you can just sprinkle a little pixie dust on it. And <laughs> that then may be the solution. Yeah. Well, uh, funny enough, tasers actually have that. Who? Uh, when you fire a taser cartridge. Oh, taser. There's, um, there's a... Confetti. Yeah, a, something that comes out that's uh, tagged to that taser cartridge so they can track it little pieces of paper that have a serial number or something on them. Yeah. They do that. Yeah, but what would that do to a firearm? I mean, I, I can see it with a taser, but I'm not sure you could do that to every round of... No. I mean, that would be... Yeah. <laughs> again, it's... it's it just... The, yeah, the point of, of the, of the uh, micro-stamping, if I'm not mistaken, is to leave an imprint on the shell uh, indicating... From the firearm, yeah. Yeah, from the right. firearm. Uh, if you do that with... Uh, you know, the same thing they're doing with a taser. All you'd know is what box of bullets was used. Right. Sure. And, of course, I think in California now they have to show ID to buy ammunition, and they're keeping track of that. But, I mean, Yeah, you can, only buy, they, you can only buy they, so much it, at a yeah. given time. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're I mean, allowed to only possess so much at any given time. And we have, for years, probably for decades now, states that don't comply with the laws that require them to submit to the NICS program people who are disqualified you know you a shooter what was it six or eight months ago uh they found out some you know one of the shooters had been in the air force had committed a crime and been convicted and the air force never turned his information into the nicks program yes. so the guy was able to buy it. so you know it sounds like the same old rant but we're not enforcing the laws we have so let's make some new ones which by the way won't work they're technically you know not possible so it you, know, you, you have to think that the California legislators were sitting around thinking, well, if anybody wants a box of ammunition, we're going to know who they are. And actually believe in their minds that drug dealers are going to go out and legally purchase a box of ammo. Sure. They're not going not gonna to smuggle them in from another state or outside the country. They're going to go to Walmart and buy a box of ammo. That or they, you know, just talk to whoever's smuggling their drugs in for them and say, hey... Uh, send over some ammo with that too. What? Surely They're smuggling. They, they wouldn't drugs? break the law. What? No. Oh, I'm that'd sorry. Be, that'd be illegal. Yeah. They're not oh, so they do don't that. do. Okay. All yeah. Right. No. My, my yeah, bad. Yeah, no criminal yeah. is going to do that. Boy, sure. you you people starting to scare me now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, 
That's what they're doing in New Jersey. I got to tell you, you know, we, we talked about having uh, Chuck Basie on the program a couple of weeks ago. He was in with us, State Representative Basie. We are just as vulnerable as these people in New Jersey and all these other states, where, you know, California, where they're passing these stupid laws. It's people like Basie that protect us Amen. Uh, from, from turning into those kinds of states. And, and he said, I've said it before, he said it when he was here three weeks ago, you know, Missouri is just one election away from being Illinois or California or New York. I mean, if, if they lose the majority, the, the bills are already being filed by Democrats and the minority in Jefferson City who want to do all the same laws that these other states have. Thank heavens they've just not been successful. You know, if you just look at, uh, you know, right next door, Illinois, um, you, the restrictions there are, I would not live in Illinois. No. I, I try not drive into Illinois for any reason. Like, <laughs> I, I try not, honest to God, I swear to you, you can ask anybody that's, that's driven with me, I try never to have to stop in Illinois. I gas up in Missouri yep. to make sure I can get into Indiana. Uh, I just, I just don't want to stop there. Yeah, for you to go home is pretty hard to avoid. But I have gone around Illinois on other trips where I where I was able to do so, um, headed south or southeast. So, and you know, the sad thing is, I I was at a Fraternal Order Police Conference in Las Vegas in November, met a bunch of law enforcement officers from the middle to southern part of Illinois. They were very reasonable and gun-friendly folks and they all said the same thing it's the tail wags the dog illinois people, chicago yeah chicago the, the people in chicago vote for these things and outnumber the rest the entire rest of the state and he's you know these officers from the southern part of illinois said we suffer because of chicago yeah i used to used to hate it and i've talked about this in the past i'd have to stop in East St. Louis, or, you know, the east side of St. Louis, which is probably not one of no, the better places stop to stop. There. No, uh, And uh, empty my magazine and, and separate my firearm from the magazine and then drive I feel safer in East St. Louis than in Chicago, though. Yeah, well, that's no longer a problem. <laughs> yeah, but still. Now I can drive across the state as long as I don't get out of the car with my firearm. All right, uh, we're going to tell you what uh, Graf's brought in, because it's neat, next on Gary on Guns, 93.9 The Eagle.